0: Hi, I'm Derek Jensen. This is Resistance Radio on the Progressive Radio Network. My guest today is Mr. Menno. He's a 46-year-old Dutch gay man who creates satirical YouTube videos and songs to explore the absurdities and dangers of the current gender identity craze. Ricky Gervais recently posted one of Menno's videos to his 5 million Facebook followers and called it brilliant on Twitter. And I have to say, I think your work is really fantastic. First off, thank you for your work in the world. And second, thank you for being on the program.
1: Well, thank you very much for having me. It, it was quite interesting um, when you got in touch because I've watched that clip of yours on, on YouTube where you play the, the queer theory Jeopardy um, and some of these students went a bit crazy. Um, I've watched it a couple of times. So now to be talking is, is
0: quite nice. Oh, well, it's I feel the same. It's it's uh, I think one of my favorite of your videos is the um, 12 Days of Woo Woo.
1: <laughs> 12 uh, days of christmas yeah the, the gender version
0: <laughs> yeah okay so but people aren't going to know what we're talking about if they haven't so let's let's dive in yeah it, it, it used to be that for for many many years we would hear about lgb organizations and an lgb movement but the last couple of decades we've increasingly heard about the lgbtq organizations and lgbtq movements mm-hmm. and how did that happen And is that appropriate? Do you think that that's good for for the LGB? And you might have to even define LGB, etc.
1: Right. Okay. So um, the gay the gay liberation movement uh, just went by gay liberation uh, in the 70s, and then in the 80s, I think the lesbians went. Well, hang on. You know, can can you name us, please? Because we're part of this. So then it became lesbian and gay, or gay and lesbian. Um, And then I think. Some people were like, well, hey, well, we're same sex attracted. We're kind of attracted to both. But, you know, that also means we're same sex attracted. So uh, can can we can we also just be recognized? And then it became LGB and L and G and B are all very different. You know, lesbians are very different. From, I'm generalizing, of course, but lesbians are generally very different from. Gay men, you know, the, our, uh, our interests or our priorities, if you like, <laughs> the way we express ourselves. Um, you know, there's, there's different cultural elements to the L and to the G. And then you have the B who generally aren't as sort of non-conforming as the gays and the lesbians. And especially if they're in heterosexual relationships, they, they tend to blend in. Um, so, L and G and B are all very different, but what unites them is the fact that they're all same sex attracted. Um, I'm still sort of trying to figure out when LGBT became a thing, sort of in, you know, common parlance, if you like. Uh, and who was sort of pushing that? Because by adding the T for trans, which used to mean transsexual, suddenly it's about identity. And this is kind of where it gets a bit muddled, because you went people talk to me about my identity as a gay man. But the only reason I'm gay is because I'm a man who likes men. So I don't see that as something that I identify as. Whereas now we're in an age where you can identify as anything. And that's where it all gets a bit confusing uh, and contradictory. Uh, because now you have people who are female. Identifying as gay men and you have males identifying as lesbians so you can see that some of the actual lesbians go well hold on (laughs) similarly with with you know myself I don't I'm not attracted to women that that excludes you know my orientation excludes all women no matter how they identify how they see themselves or what medically they go through or want to go through or surgically it's like I don't care I only like men um, and now we're at a point where we have to explain that again and then you get called transphobic when you do and only yesterday I met a 13 year old girl uh, and her mum and she identifies as a gay boy and I'm face to face with her and I'm like there is so much I want to say, but how do you do that with a 13-year-old in a way that you're you're not coming across like you're being horrible, you know, to a 13-year-old? Um, she's obviously
2: reaching for this for a reason. Uh, that's
1: not something I can unpick in a five-minute conversation with her or her mum. But I, I, I was wondering, is there a way that I can sort of steer her away from that? Because you're female. <laughs> it's tricky, isn't it?
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, a couple of directions we could go. One mm-hmm. of them is that, well, I, I guess I'll just choose one for a moment, which is mm-hmm. that I spent a couple, or maybe uh, several months, several years ago, trying to figure out, Okay, for a definition to to work, one of the things is it has to be falsifiable. So if I tell you I'm a vegan and then you say, what did you have for dinner last night? And I say ribs, Mm. then you can say, well, you're not a vegan because I have gone against the definition of a vegan. Or if, if I show you a circle and I tell you it's a triangle, you can say, no, it's not a triangle because it doesn't have three sides, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. And I and and let me know if, if this is wrong, that I spent quite a while trying to figure out why if some man says that he's gay, that's different than some man saying he's a woman. And mm-hmm. what I finally came to is that I've known some gay men who were attracted to men, but because they were public figures they were unable to they, they act they got married to women because yeah. they and and so it's not falsifiable in the same way and where I eventually came to to make a long story short is that there's a difference between an attraction and a state of being is this making any sense? Sort of <laughs> well, <help me> make, <laughs> um well, uh, one trivial example is that I love potatoes, but I'm also diabetic, controlled by diet, which means I don't eat potatoes because they're, they convert straight to sugar. I could say to you, I love potatoes, and you could say, Derek, when was the last time you had potatoes? And I could say three months ago, and you say, well, obviously, you don't love potatoes. So it's not well, falsifiable in the same way, but...
1: But you've man, explained to me why you can't eat them, so and, that makes sense.
0: Yeah, and so I'm just maybe we should just drop it because i'm i was trying to like i said i've known some public figures who are whose attraction is to men but you can't see it in real life but there it seems fundamentally different than a man declaring he's a woman or a woman declaring she's a man
1: yeah i mean i think of it in quite in, in a simple way like i'm a i'm a guy and i'm only attracted to guys and that's it and that's got nothing to do with That's just the way it is. Right. Uh, Now, somebody else could say a a man, uh, I feel like a woman. And that's just the way it is. But then you can clearly say, but you're male. And that's how it's falsifiable, because humans can't change sex. And this is this whole thing is about do you recognize that? Yes or no. And if you don't, then where is the where is the where do you draw the line in terms of how someone can identify, you know, like. Um, Rachel Dole is always trending again on Twitter so she's the the white woman who identifies as black uh, and people take a lot of issue with that similarly there's a, a Caucasian guy in the UK who identifies as a Korean woman now I think <laughs> and it's like one part of that we're supposed to indulge and affirm and change the way we perceive reality and the other one we're supposed to reject um like off the bat and it's like well where is the logic in this um so i've i've stopped trying to be philosophical about it and having conversations about you know if a tree falls in a forest but there's no one there to see it did the tree really fall i'm like you've just said the tree fell why do we have to be philosophical about it um and i think maybe it's time to just have more clarity and more bluntness uh, in all these conversations and like with that 13 year old girl, what I really wanted to say to her was, you're a girl, you're a female. And if, if you go down, I'm a gay man, that route, then you're leading yourself astray. And I think that's really sad. But I'd like to understand why she's reaching for that identity. But in terms of your question, like, how did we get here? Um, this was actually quite strategic from the, the side of some of these men who identify as women there was a a document i found from 1993 where um martin martin rothblatt did a speech at some kind of trans conference in texas they did it for a couple years in a row and in this speech he says very clearly and like it's blatant he says we need to attach ourselves to the gay liberation movement and to the women's rights movement. Otherwise, we're never going to get what we want. And that's what they did. And they've done it very successfully Um to the point that now everybody's very confused. <laughs> and, you know, there's been a lot of forced teaming going on. But Jennifer Billick put it really well once when she said, you basically have a sex denying movement grouped together with people whose rights were based on the fact that they're same sex attracted
0: so of course there's going to be conflict so i know some some women who argue that the and i agree with this that the the whole trans movement is part of a backlash against the gains that women have made in in terms of their rights Mm -hmm. and um would you make the same argument I presume you um, agree with that. Would you make the same argument about, about gay rights?
1: I can see that. Uh, it's not something I've looked into much, to be honest. But I'm seeing this now when when I post some stuff on Facebook or YouTube that I get men saying, ha-ha, it's the left eating the left. You know, like the sort of delight in that. So there's people that think that, you know, gay has gone too far. Um, and I'm sure there's people who think that women's rights have gone too far um so they and they just want to pull it back actually i was on a train uh just two weeks ago um i was on my way to meet uh an mp a minister of parliament here in the uk to talk about these issues um and it was a very sunny warm day so i I was just wearing these like open um flip-flops sandals uh I'm sat at a table on the train uh, with quite a conservative looking couple, like everything they wore was very beige and brown and measured, if you like. I think they were in their 50s. Uh, the man steps on my foot and I'm not wearing proper shoes. So, you know, it hurts. And I go, ow. but then we started a conversation and it was quite a fun conversation. And they're like, why are you going? Where, where are you going? And I said, I'm going to meet this minister to talk about these issues around uh, women's rights and gay rights and all the trans stuff. And they were very interested. So we're talking for a bit. <laughs> and then after a while, they're like, we really agree with you. Um we also find that we can't talk about this topic. And then they said, We're, you know, Christians. Um, and they're part of the I think it's called the United Re- Reformed Church. And then they said, Yeah, we also don't agree with the gay stuff. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, this is interesting. So basically, we agree with one thing, but then they would also have me believe that, like, uh, that I'm a straight man, and if I go to church and accept God into my life, that that I'll realize
0: that I'm a straight man. Um, so that was interesting. <laughs> well, I guess that's that's where I come to, or that that that's where sort of where I end up thinking that it does feel like backlash to me because I've heard from so many women, lesbians, who are are being called bigots because they don't want to have sex with a man who yeah and it's the same with gay men that they're they're called bigots if they don't want to have sex with a woman because she identifies as a man
1: or even consider a so-called trans man as a man you know then then we're bigots so we can't talk about women can't talk about being female and gay people can't talk about being gay in plain terms without being called transphobes
0: which is Um,
2: bizarre
0: yeah that uh, please say more about that because it it i'm I'm sort of flabbergasted
1: this and this is it Uh, like when i first started looking at this you know you you do feel flabbergasted which is such a wonderful word and um and you're like am i going crazy am i missing something and and, uh, you know, a lot of people, they message me and they see my videos and they're like, they're asking themselves those questions and they'll say, thank you so much for putting your stuff out there. Because now I know that one, I'm not the only one. And that two, actually what we think is just common sense. And it's the others that are kind of losing their minds. Um, And just today, earlier on, I wasn't on, on, on social media and I started I'm Dutch. Right. But I live in the UK, so um, I'm more used to talking in English than in Dutch. And Dutch to me, well, I always sort of romanticize the idea of the Dutch as being much more down to earth and blunt. <laughs> and now I find myself having a conversation with someone about this in Dutch. And in Dutch, it sounds even more crazy than in English. <laughs> like in yeah, my own mother tongue, I'm like, do I really have to explain to you what a gay man is and what a lesbian is? Um And then, you know, you always get these counter arguments where they're saying, oh, no one is saying that. And it's like, well, they are Oh, it's just some crazy people on Twitter. It's like it's not just some crazy people on Twitter. It's it's people with big followings. You know, there's one guy who's got more than a million followers on YouTube. He posted a video um, for I'll put this in in a polite way for gay men how to learn how to perform oral sex on female genitalia. Like. Like, hello. Um, and that was watched, you know, over a million times. Um, there have been workshops uh, for gay men on how to do this. Um, there have been workshops where where men who believe to be lesbians sort of strategize about how they can convince actual lesbians to accept them in the dating pool and their sex life. And that that was years ago. Then you've got the media that's pushing these stories about how trans men are real men. They're just as much a gay man as a cis gay men, you know? So, and then you have the CEO of the largest LGBTQINBP2 plus alphabet soup, whatever charity in, in Europe saying that lesbians who do not consider trans women, um, as le- fellow lesbians, um, that they're akin to sexual racists. So, I'll be trying to sort of unpick with my different videos. When did this seep in? And it goes back, you know, at least 20 years. uh, And it's just sort of slowly been normalized. So now when people wake up, they're kind of like, how did we get here? But it's been a long process.
0: Well, that's why I was talking about, I don't know if backlash is the right word. And, you know, I'm not too fond of the whole the, the word phobia either because
1: mm, me neither be, to be honest
0: yeah so i'm not sure but it, it seems very it, it does seem very anti-gay to say that i mean I, again you you probably have better language for this than i do um it, it seems very anti-gay to to argue that um the men who are attracted to men should should get over it and have sex with women. I don't see, except that they were smiling and nice about it, except when he stepped on your feet, I don't see the difference between the the Q part of this and the Christians then.
1: Well, it's, it's just, it's, we're now getting it from both angles, right? We're still getting it from those. And obviously there's many different Christians who have many different views on this, but the ones who do believe that it's wrong, they've always been quite uh, clear about telling us. Um, so we still get it from the t- traditional side, if you like, the traditional old school homophobia. And now we get it from, from within our own house, so to speak. So we're being squeezed from, from all angles. Um, and in that conversation with those two on the train, you know, I just, I, I didn't feel like having a, uh, uh causing a scene or, you know, being difficult. I just thought it was quite interesting and quite fun in a way. So it was pretty jovial, but, um, the woman especially she became a bit fanatic and she she said you're welcome in our church but you know we would and then I said but you you try to change me wouldn't you and she's like well yes till till the day I die and I'm like but you know there's no death right (laughs) according to your religion and she's like that's right there's only new beginnings you have to let God in you have to let God into you and I thought how is that different from you know the the tq plus side of our so-called lovely wonderful community trying to tell me that lesbians have penises and gay men have vaginas it's and then she she kept you know we have the mantras trans women are women trans men are men non-binary is valid and she kept coming out with her mantras which was uh, god is real and god is right she kept saying that <laughs> even when i you know when i when i got up to leave she said god is real god is right again and then I said you forgot one she said what I said God will help you see the light you know I said (laughs) make a bit more of it and at one point she tried to kick me because uh, when she said you have to let God into you I said oh I love letting a man into me and she (laughs) and she tried to kick me under the table but she kicked the table so she went ow did I catch you Uh, did I get you? And I said, no, no, you kicked the table. And she's like, I wanted to kick you. And I'm like, well, that was God protecting me. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, (laughs) and she's said, but that was horrible. What you said, I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. I just said, I I, I love to let a man into me, you know, into my life. I don't know what you were thinking, but, you know, just messing around a bit. Um, Yeah.
0: So your, your videos are delightfully funny and um is, is this uh is this primarily just because you're a funny guy or is this also uh humor uh is is this also strategic that, that humor like I'll oh, oh, I'll say this I, right now I'm listening to a zombie apocalypse book mm-hmm. that is um talking about how we're killing the planet through our addiction to uh, screens. And like at one point, I'm not going to ruin anything about the book, but at one point somebody wants to trap some zombies. So (laughs) they, they put a cell phone at the top of a greased pole and then all the zombies are like mobbing the grease pole, trying to climb it. And um, the point is that she's making some really good points. She, the author is making some really good points about, society's addictions but she's doing it in a really funny way so again is this just because you're funny and this is who you are or is this in addition do you think that humor is really important to try to i guess the the i'm gonna i'm gonna pretend i'm from england for a second to is it take the piss
1: yeah to take the piss yeah so i've always been a big fan of that so what i do is not necessarily strategic i'm not a very strategic kind of person i just do whatever i come up with, you know, I have an idea and then I run with it. Um and even as a child, I was always um I used to draw lots of cartoons uh or write little stories that were always even from a very early age kind of piss takes on what I saw on TV, like dynasty, you know. So I wrote this little story about Joan Collins and Crystal Carrington. Um or I take something I see on the news and sort of turn it upside down. So irreverent kind of stuff and so that's always been part of of my nature and I think I have a twin and she's quite similar that way Um, so I it's just applying that to this particular you know to all this gender crazy stuff um so I started looking into this in about 2019 when I started thinking something's up something's off went down the rabbit hole was quite horrified by what I found um, and then I just put a song out about pronouns, you know, to the sound of music, um, do, re, mi. So that was just an idea. It was just a thought. And that only came about because I heard it was International Pronouns Day, like in two days' time or something. And I thought, this surely is a joke. This can't be real. Um, uh, but it was real. So I thought, okay, well, that deserves a song. That went down pretty well. And then I just started taking, started looking at all these different, aspects of of this gender stuff like the surgical side of it the medication the uh the language um and the, the homophobia the misogyny but trying to do it in a fun way because you know we need we need to laugh we need to lighten things up and i think i'm naturally a bit of a court jester if you like <laughs> where you just just want to hold up a mirror in in a funny way um, and it seems that that seems people seem to appreciate it because it, it allows them to come up for air a bit and go, oh, we can laugh at this. You know, although there are some parts where I can't joke about it because it's too horrendous, like especially when you look at the surgery side of things.
0: Well, I was going to I was going to say this is another thing that's just horrifying to me is that. um, We had an entire nation uh, celebrate the castration of a the public castration of a young gay boy and i i i don't understand why this doesn't horrify people to their very bones
1: yes and that's because it's it's slowly been normalized um just over a couple of decades,
2: where it went from
1: transsexual, usually middle aged men, who wanted to become women. And even the language that we've used has been in use for, I think, at least 120 years. You know, there was uh, Lily Al- Alba, Lily Alby, the, the Danish girl, you know, um, apparently the first person to have so called medically transitioned. Um, he died, right, because of a complication from one of the surgeries to try and have like an ovary transplanted or something stupid like that. Um, so posthumously, I think they released an autobiography. It was called, and it was called From Man to Woman. And then I think in the fifties, was it in the fifties, yet had that um, Christina Jurgensen the from. From GI Joe to GI Jane, I think was the was that the headline. So the language that's been used has always been from man to woman or from woman to man, like like it's possible. So I think slowly, just through language, it's it's been normalised as a thing. And now they're 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 using it for different age groups, right? In in the UK, we just had a tweet by Stonewall where they said that two year olds can know that they're transgender so it's not enough to say that an adult can so-called change sex now it's teens and now it's children and next next they're going to say that you know the way a baby kicks in the womb is going to be a sign of they're saying i'm trans (sighs)
2: because
1: there's no end to any of this if you follow it through from their perspective and that's that's i want to do a song about that do you know rem losing my religion
0: um no, but, but but some audience members will.
1: It's a classic, right? So I'm going to say this is your new religion um, and make it quite dark and spooky because it is.
0: Well, it fundamentally is because it presumes that there is a soul that is independent of the body. I mean, this is one of the things, you know, I don't know how much you know about my work in general, but my work has always been about um we are our bodies you know that mm. the part of the problem is this belief that we are uh that the real world isn't real the you yeah. know the, the trees aren't real the your body isn't real and it's 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 um it's it's all just horrifying to me
1: it's it's like it's human narcissism you know, on a whole other level that we are, uh, the masters of our destiny in in every aspect. And we're not that there are restrictions. There are things that you can't do and can't be. Um, but also from a marketing point of view, you know, one of the most famous strep lines in marketing is because I'm worth it or you deserve it. And this whole, I think also in the nineties, like I started reading all these books about, um, you know, so-called spirituality and, um, you know, the Celestine prophecy was massive. And then Oprah went from sort of tabloidy talk show host to, oh, self-development. And it's all this stuff about, oh, discover your inner self. Um, and I think that's just kind of started living a life of its own, combined with all these marketing messages. Now we have these new generations that think that, oh, if I think something, then I I, I am that something. And they've lost complete um, touch with reality. It's it's bizarre. It's bizarre. It's bizarre that I'm the person that people now say you're the voice of reason. (laughs) My dad always said you're off with the fairies. (laughs) But here we are. (laughs) It's it's crazy.
0: So are you seeing um, an increase? I mean, I know you're not speaking for the entire gay liberation movement. You're not speaking for anybody but yourself, but are you seeing um increasing resistance to the t and the q being included with the lgb
1: yes i see people are getting really fed up and one example is i I went to brighton which is on the coast in the, the south coast in the uk um and i'm on the beach and it was very quiet i got there very early um and this is like a It's the nude beach. And that's where lots of the gays go. Uh, So I'm just there. And then uh, one man walked past, looked at me. Must have liked what he saw. (laughs) Uh, He puts his towel and his bag down and then he walks back up to me and he's like, can I ask you something? And suddenly he starts talking about trend stuff. And I'm like, well, that's funny that he felt the need to do it. Like, obviously, he was. He had the need to speak to someone about these things. Um and as soon as he figured out that, you know, with me he could talk about that without me screaming transphobe or bigot at him. Um he just kinda let rip. And he's like, I said, Are you from Brighton? He's like, Yeah. And there are so many gay men, they're so fed up with it all. And like that's that's like they don't even know about the dangers of puberty blockers or all the, you know, how women are being harmed by this. They don't even know that. They're just fed up with you know, as this guy said, the trans people just jumping down our throats all the time. And you can't say this and you can't say that. And you have to affirm me and blah, 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 It's just that that just that is enough for them to just go, oh, just piss off. Um, And I randomly started talking to a cyclist the other day in London who also started talking about this. So I'm I'm I keep having all these random conversations. So it's not just online or at specific meetings, it's just in real life. And these people don't know who I am. Um and it's like everyone you talk to knows someone. Like this guy said he's a gay man and he has a niece that now thinks that she's a boy. Uh and he's like, you know, his um he, he caught himself misgendering. He's like, okay, uh, she uh, he. No, his mom uh, is is supporting it and that's a good thing. And I, I'm like, well is it? So then we started talking about the dangers of social transitioning and how even just that can lock a child into this business. Um, But also more and more gay men are contacting me online now to say, and I met two at a a meeting yesterday. So they're coming out. A few more are coming out, which is good to see.
2: Yeah. um, How?
0: I know that the crystal ball is always cloudy, but how, how do you see this playing out over the next few years?
1: Well, we've just had a mammoth week in the UK where the, the gender clinic for children run by the NHS, um, it's been announced that that's going to be shut down by next spring, um, because, uh, an independent Investigation just found that they just didn't know what the hell they were doing, Um, that it was it's a dangerous place. So they're looking at implementing a completely different model now where these services are going to be part of child mental health services rather than a standalone gender clinic. Um, So that's good news. We're also seeing how in terms of puberty blockers in Sweden, they've now said, you know, and that used to be seen as the gold standard in terms of so-called transgender healthcare. In Sweden, they've said categorically, no, we're not using uh, puberty blockers anymore, only for research purposes. In Finland, they're restricting the use of them. In France, they've rung the alarm about them. In Canada, they've, the government's just released um, warnings about it. In the States, Uh, Last week, I think the FDA um, has added warnings that they can lead to brain swelling and blindness. So I think what we're seeing now is from a medical point of view that people are realizing, hold on, something's really wrong here and we can't do this. This is not ethical. Um, And I'm hoping that that will be quite, that will have a snowball effect that will cascade quite quickly. Because if you just come it from the purely scientific evidence based angle, then they can't say you're a phobic this or phobic that, hopefully.
0: Um, Oh, and then you wanted to, I'm sorry, go ahead. So
1: so I'd like to think that we're going to see an acceleration of this, especially because on on Turf Island here, um, things are happening so quickly now. You know, we might get a a new prime minister. Well, we'll have a new prime minister in September. I think it will be announced. Um, And both of the candidates for that are very much about Knowing what a man and a woman is and protecting, um, affirming what biological sex is and what it means in law. Now, obviously, we don't know if they're going to follow through with that, but I think they will. Um, similarly, we're seeing in sports. Uh, thank you, Leah Thomas, for peeking the world. <laughs> we're seeing a, a, a rollback in, in sports. Um, uh, in, in English rugby has just announced no more males in the feet in female rugby whether it's grassroots level or elite level um no matter how they identify or see themselves uh, what else did we happen and then there's stuff about freedom of speech which um, and what you can say what you can't say and uh, what you're allowed to believe and that you can't be coerced to believe in all this gender stuff um and we've had some um, bills around outlawing conversion therapy for gay people where they wanted to piggyback um and also outlaw so-called trans conversion therapy but i think that's that's going to be kicked into the long grass now because of all this medical stuff that's come out so i think what i'm hoping for is in the next year a huge shift back to common sense
0: and in an in a email before the before the um before this interview you you mentioned allison bailey do you want to bring people up to speed on that
1: Yes. So Alison Bailey is a barrister in the UK, and she is a black lesbian. And she worked for, uh, it's called a, a, a chambers, you know, where, where bar- barristers work. They're essentially self-employed, but they're part of a chambers. Um, and then within those chambers, there are people that help you get the work. And this particular chambers was signed up to Stonewall, the largest, UK, uh, sorry, um, LGBTQ, blah, 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 charity in Europe. Uh, they they signed up to one of their programs, you know, for Stonewall to check how how well the Chambers is doing in being, you know, inclusive. And Alison Bailey basically sent an email around saying, well, I don't think we should join this scheme because this charity doesn't even rise, recognize what homosexuals are anymore. I'm sort of putting it in my own words. Um, that all kind of blew up. Um, and then she took the Chambers and Stonewall to court. Ah, right, yeah, because Stonewall, basically, people at Stonewall then sent letters to Garden Court Chambers saying, oh, well, we've seen the stuff that she's been tweeting, and we don't like it. She's transphobic, you know. This is going to hurt our relationship. Um And then uh, the Chambers investigated Alison Bailey. So Alison went, hang on, you're discriminating against me. You're victimizing me. Uh, because of my belief that sex is real and that men can't be lesbians. So this was a huge case. And um, she crowdfunded over half a million pounds. So in dollars, that's even more. And the judgment came out last week and she won part of it. So the judge said, yes, you've been discriminated against on the basis of your beliefs. Uh, but she didn't win the claim against Stonewall because she couldn't prove that Stonewall had definitely orchestrated her chambers investigating her. But still, a lot came out during the hearings that made Stonewall look like absolute idiots. So um, I think this will have quite serious repercussions.
0: So I'm going to say this, and then if you can give a little bit of background on Stonewall, that Stonewall has always seemed kind of like uh, um, in all those, like Scorsese movies or, you know, the, the, the mafia movies where you have the protection racket, you know, it's like you yeah. need to uh come in and do this or uh something bad might happen to your store. Yeah. And it's like, you know, if you say something public against our ideology, then, uh, I'd hate to see something bad happen to your job. Yeah. Um, is that, is that an unfair assessment?
1: No, I think that's very much the case that, you know, if you don't go along with all this gender wool, then they're going to come for you. Um, and the stone, the way Stonewall's done that is quite sneaky, um, because like in, in the UK, we have something called the Equality Act, uh, which protects people from being discriminated against. And there are nine specific cha- protected characteristics, if you like. And they seem to interpret that as if gender identity is one of them. And on that basis, they're pushing stuff out to all these businesses and public bodies that sign up to their scheme. So um this is where you know, we get the idea from that they're pushing Stonewall law, not the actual law. And that's all coming out now. You know, there was a, a report about last year that was released about how Stonewall misrepresents the law. Um, and, and takes the piss, you know, but not in a funny, haha way, like I do with my videos, <laughs> but in a dangerous way. And now that that's come out also with that gender clinic for kids that's being, that's going to be, um, shut down next year. Now the questions are being asked in the mainstream media. How did it get to this? You know, how could healthcare have been so captured and be misused in this way? Cause this is medical malpractice. Who was at the table? making the big decisions which lobby groups we know which lobby groups but now we need to get into the nitty-gritty of what was said and when and by whom um so that's why i think that that clinic closing down and what's come out of the the hearings for the ellison bailey tribunal you know it's not looking good for organizations like stonewall and then mermaids which is a charity which is all about you know transing as many kids as they can um and others because now, now, the spotlight is on them, so it's an interesting time
0: so let's talk for just a moment about um how the medical industry so often no longer speaks of women but speaks of uterus havers oh, or sorry. and uh, you
1: make me feel like a natural cervix hammer. I mean, it doesn't <laughs> run off the tongue, does it? <laughs> <laughs> and also like a friend of mine, she, she wants another baby. But um, the father of her first child is like, no. Uh, and they're not together anymore. So she's basically asked me, come on, Meno, you know, <laughs> you're pumping out these swimmers on a daily basis. Can I have some? Um and I thought, well, I don't know if I want to go down that road, but I did get curious. I'm like, well, at first I want to know if, you know, if it's good stuff, you know, is, is it good call? Are they good quality Olympics style swimmers or is it just like someone floating in a pond somewhere? Um, so I found a website so you can buy a test and test your, you know, stuff at home. And this didn't use the word man or male. It talked about humans with sperm. And I just thought this is, you know, obviously men and the language around being male isn't being eroded in the same way as women's language, but it's starting, you know, there is here's a full blown website talking about humans with sperm. I mean, imagine if I was to, you know, make a donation, put it in a cup and give it to my friend. She pops it in her hand back. Then she is a human with sperm. Yeah, yeah it doesn't make sense. Just say male. It's all this. It's, and this is where you see how, how, Farce, how it's just spread and it's sort of everywhere. All this sex denial, this reality denial in language, it's so sneaky and subtle. Um, that's how they try to normalize it.
0: And it just, it just kills me that every human who has ever been born is a result of a male sperm and a female egg. Da. I mean, that's, this is, this is a large sample size. And
1: it's, it's <laughs> Every they, single human alive ever
0: was they born talk, of a woman. And they talk about how sex is a social construct, and it's like, how did Tyrannosaurus rexes have babies then? I mean, if they didn't have Judith Butler or other postmodernists to tell them?
1: Yeah. Well, to be honest, my parents didn't. I didn't come into the world through sex. My, my parents socially constructed me over dinner.
0: i bet that was a i don't know if that was a an interesting conversation or a conversation (laughs) that i don't want to hear about
1: or maybe they just bashed their heads together (laughs) and then boom (laughs) there i was and my twin because there were two of us um and and this is the thing one of the reasons why i'm so passionate about making these videos and highlighting this craziness and, and waking up as many people as i can um we you know, out of we were twins, a boy and a girl. And I I was so called girly, right? I was always dancing and singing and drawing and she was out climbing trees and beating up kids and, you know, she loved having a gun as a toy. She had a, a microscope and a science set and she'd go out and catch a fish and then pull it apart in the back garden and put all these different bits underneath the microscope. Whereas, you know, I was Playing with her Barbie dolls in a little tiny kitchen set. Um, And people would joke about, oh, something went a bit wrong in the womb, you know, something got mixed up. And this is, that's gender, you know, that's all these expectations about how boys and girls should act, what they should wear, how they should look. Um, And I think if, you know, if we were young today, we'd be on that crazy
2: train. Um, And when I realized that, it, it it shocked me more, you know, thinking of her being vulnerable
1: to that, you know, especially with you know if we if we both felt the way we did as as children, but if we felt like that today as thirteen year olds, with TikTok and Instagram and Tumblr and whatever else on our phones, you know, she said when she went through puberty she just wanted to slice her breasts off. If she if she said that today, you know. She'd be on the blockers or whatever. And I once had this just this nightmare image in my head of her in a waiting room at a gender clinic. And that impacted me much more than thinking of myself having gone down that path. And I'm like, what we need to do is, is you just accept reality, you know, you you embrace your sex. I am the kind of man I am. It doesn't make me any less of a man. I'm just a man. And she's a woman and, you know, we're so-called gender non-conforming. But now we have this whole movement that's trying to believe that we need to fix. We we need to be fixed. You know, we we need to be lifelong medical patients, whereas we've learned to accept ourselves as we are. And that's where the real freedom lies. So I see gender as something very harmful and hurtful. I, I see it as, you know, you're locking yourself into a prison. Whereas they're saying this is the key to freedom. And I just, I I can't, I can't go along with it.
0: Well, I'm going to say something just terribly bigoted now, which is that I strongly believe that a little boy who loves to play with Barbies and kitchen sets should be loved for being a little boy who loves to play with Barbies and kitchen sets and a little girl who loves to, play with microscopes and um climb trees and likes to play with guns should be loved for being a little girl who loves to play with microscopes and climb trees and play with guns i oh I, I'm, I, I, I'm, I i'm i'm
1: shocked by your bigotry <laughs> this is all sorts of phobic mr <laughs> mr Derek.
0: Well, isn't it just I mean, this is the thing that this is one of the things that just kills me is that Mm -hmm. is that that is actually considered bigoted. And I'm I'm kind of even though I am inured to how crazy that everything can be out there, that still strikes me as just extra special crazy.
1: It is. Um, And there's a, a couple of gay guys that I work with now. So I do my silly, crazy, satirical videos. I've got some more serious videos as well. But now I work with a bunch of guys. We've set something up called the Gay Men's Network, where we're focusing specifically on advocacy for gay men. Um, because we're, we we don't know about lesbian stuff. We don't know about bi stuff or, you know, any of the other stuff. We just focus on the gay stuff. And we've had a few meetings with ministers already, which is really good. Um, and, you know, we're coming across these guys. You know, we, we know what it's like to deal with the whole shame around being gay. And how that can eat away at your soul, you know, and how it can make you go down certain paths in order to try to deal with that. Some guys go down, you know, the drugs route. Some guys go down having crazy sex all the time route or hedonism. Uh, Other people, other guys, they throw themselves into work to try and prove them, you know, the world that they're they're good people and they can achieve all these things. Blah, blah, blah. You know, now we have a generation of young gay men who've gone down the so-called transition route. And some of them are in their 20s, some of them are in their 30s, and they're waking up and going, that was a big mistake. You know, these stories are only now coming out. But whereas we've had to learn to pick up the pieces as gay men, they're having to learn to pick up the pieces as gay men who no longer have penises. And this is so tragic that it really strikes at the heart of what it means to to learn to accept yourself as a gay man in this world um and i'm so angry with the gay men who run various media outlets who are only pumping out these woo-woo stories and all this gender stuff and they're not showing
2: that side of it because to me those men are sellouts
1: this is these you know this is this is because these stories are gay men's stories; they're not trans stories. They're gay men who took a detour, and it's damaged them for life. And yet, you've got these gay men in the media
2: only um, cheerleading for the other side, and that, to me, is just unforgivable.
0: I I am not at all making a joke out of this. That I I think that if 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 somebody would have somehow talked me into removing my genitals um for any reason other than like testicular cancer or, you know, some sort of life-saving yeah. thing, yeah. um I I would I I would want to kill somebody. I mean that 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 is the one of the greatest gifts that Nature gives us is, is 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 sex.
2: Yes, it's amazing,
1: <laughs> and that's why, with especially these young kids that they've put on blockers, especially in the states where they do it at you know very early, if these kids then go straight on to the you know well straight after a couple of years, if they then go on to the the so-called cross sex or the wrong sex hormones that they've never developed the ability to to enjoy sexual pleasure because their sexual organs have never matured and then they get chopped up so the word the the term that I've come across is they call them orgasmically naive and it's like well, i mean you know we all know what it's like hopefully to to have a a a great orgasm whether with others or on your own it's like why would you take that away from someone and and that it's so important in in terms of forming intimate relationships and sharing the love, you know, making love literally. And, and you've taken that away like
2: from Jess, Jess Jennings, he'll never know. He'll never know what it's like. It's, it's criminal.
1: But when we talk about this, they call us pedophiles because they're like, why are you thinking about a 12 year old's ability to orgasm? You know, they, they spin it that way. And it's like, Oh, But one of the good things that's come out of this, I guess, on a personal level, I mean, I've, oh, obviously I'm a gay man and I like being intimate with men, not all of them, but some. (laughs) I've never loved it more than now. It's so, it's so life affirming now. We're just like, this is real. This is a man.
0: So
2: (laughs) I won't go into
1: any more detail.
0: Um so th- this is we're running out of time. Yeah. And not just because we're talking about sex now. Um uh we're running out of time. How can people uh watch your videos, learn more about your work?
1: Um well they can find me on YouTube. My channel is called Mr. Menno and that's just M R and then M E N N O. So Mr. Menno. I'm on Facebook, I'm on Instagram and I'm on um YouTube, and so they can find me there if they want to have a video um as an entry point <laughs> that shows my sense of humor. a good one would be in the ladies, so Mr meno in the ladies youtube oh and that was man. that was the first one of yours I saw oh okay, see that's one of the ones where I thought is this going to i mean not too far for 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 my liking but you know in terms of getting banned or you know'cause it's quite in your face um and I think that's a really good example of how you take something so dark, but you give it a, a twist that allows people to to laugh and to have some fun with it. So yesterday I was at an event and then some women came up to me and are like, oh, can we sing in the ladies together? So we did, you know, and it makes them really happy. They took a video. Um, it, it gives people so much, so much relief. And then I'm really. This is going to sound sanctimonious. I'm just really honored. To play that little part in this crazy
0: craziness. Well, thank you so much for, for that. And thank you for all your great work in the world. And thank you for being on the program. And I would like to thank listeners for listening. My guest today has been Mr. Meno. This is Derek Jensen for Resistance Radio on the Progressive Radio Network.